Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast about children's development from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. I'm Priscilla Weigel, the Executive Director, and I'm here today with some guests that have been with us in the past and are back again. Two of the early childhood educators from the McPhail Center for Music, Perry Gregerson and Jane Tate. We're so glad you're back. Today, we're going to focus on preschoolers. So we've talked about infants, we've talked about toddlers, all of their different developmental pathways. And today, preschoolers are the topic. And I know that there's going to be a lot more great songs that you're going to share, too. So I'm excited. Yeah, so I'm going to dive right in. Um, We've kind of opened our other podcasts with language development. And so in keeping with that, um, Obviously, we're still focusing on developing language with preschoolers, especially expressive language, Mm. um, and using pronouns like I and you appropriately. Um, And so having them continue to develop their language through music can be in activities and rhythms, like adding phrases to rhythms. Um, One of the things that we have in one of our Suzuki Stars classes is Mississippi Alligator. So so we might have um, one of the concepts of of Suzuki is sound before sight. So we've we're learning to say these things first and then we might show them what that looks like rhythmically with notes and we're not expecting them to read that notation but we're just showing them this visual now so mm-hmm. we might take this this phrase mississippi alligator and really rhythmically say it out and then we can layer that up again with a tune so mm-hmm. we might pick twinkle twinkle little star cuz it's a song that we've heard pretty consistently and so we might sing it like this Mississippi alligator Mississippi alligator and we're really telling the kids what is your tongue doing as we say all of these things how is your mouth moving Mm. um and so we you know because Suzuki's sort of this child focused way of teaching we have mm-hmm. this class that we offer in our sing play learn department um, and we're focusing on these rhythmic drills and concepts which are building upon their language skills oh for sure definitely yeah that's great so we know that um, our preschoolers now are learning colors and they're learning numbers uh, they're understanding the idea of counting and usually they're they're able to get up to about 10. And uh-huh. so when we do um, some of these finger plays or songs, we do counting in them. Um, uh, as far as fine motor skill, oh, excuse me, back that up. They're learning to use scissors that might draw um, and might be able to drop the six parts on a body if they're drawing a person. Mm-hmm. Um, preschoolers can write some letters. They understand what they look like. They can write some numbers, show us shapes. Um, They're understanding about things that they use daily, like food and money. Mm. Um, They can also uh, infer what's going to happen next in a book. So each week we have a book that is related to our theme of the day. Okay. And as I'm reading the story, I might say, what do you think is going to happen next? Yeah. 
And now they're starting to be able to think about, oh, well, I know what's happened so far. So I wonder if it's going to snow or, you know, I wonder if the sun is going to come out. So they're Mm -hmm. starting to think about how that story is going to evolve. Um, So when we start singing about numbers, for example, we have a song called Five Green and Speckled Frogs. Oh, I know that that one. one. Yes, that's a good one. We show the numbers using our fingers and count down until there are no frogs left. Okay, we can also use frog props to identify the colors so that we're still working on that color identification. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can change the song in the color, in you know, the color in the song, depending on what color frog we might have, because we might have a red frog or a blue frog. Yeah. Um, Another favorite that we have um, when we talk to our preschool is talking about favorite food. Oh, Um, yes. And there's a chant that we have um, that goes something like this. One, two, three, four, Aiden's at the kitchen door. Five, six, seven, eight, eating bananas on his plate. And then we all say, yum, 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 yum. (laughs) And so we go around and ask each child in class, what is your favorite food? So when we get to them, we put their name in and we, we talk about their favorite food. Sure. So we're identifying food, we're counting, and we're all tapping a steady beat at the same time that we are doing this chant together. And there's so many fun things that they are starting to think and be able to problem solve about. Right. And I love that you infuse the, the steady beat as those trans, as you're being, so everybody's involved in some way. It's not okay, sit with your hands in your lap and crisscross applesauce while you're waiting for that next child, for the, that child to be done so you can have a turn. No, you're keeping them engaged and there, there's something they can do. And it's it's really helping them attend. As you were talking about the five green and speckled frogs, I loved all the different layers of learning that were just in that one song. You know, you, you talked about the numbers, you talked about the frog, you talked uh, the colors, you talked about what color might be next because you don't, they don't know which color you're going to say next. So there's all those Mm -hmm. skills of attending and stretching that attention span a little bit longer for something a little more detailed. And those super basic math skills of we started with five, but now we took one away. Now. now Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That's great. That's great. You know, these preschoolers, they're, they're astonishing us with all the cool things they can do. A lot of yeah. times they can hop on one foot and stand on one foot, you know, for a few seconds. Um, the time increases as they grow into age five. Um, they're able to generally catch a bouncing ball. Um, we might see them skip or swing or climb or gallop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're able to, they're able to pour, um, eat with a fork and knife and mash their food. So in music class, we listen and we move um, a lot to how the music makes them feel. Mm. Uh, So we do a lot of dancing and try to get their whole body moving. And there are times that I will ask them to copy what I'm doing. So I might be hopping on one foot. And so they're trying to copy what I'm doing while that music is going on. Yeah. And, and a lot of times they're able to mimic what I'm doing. It's great. It's fun to see. We just recently um, had a horse lesson with my Suzuki Stars class. And so we talked about how to gallop. Okay. And so then we put, you know, this great piece of music on and we pretended that we were horses and we were galloping around and we were, you know, practicing our vocal exploration of making the horse sounds as we were moving and <laughs> um, 
a lot of things were going along with that, that movement piece that we were doing. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, Carrie, when you talk about how the, the music is making them feel, um, that's, that's a really nice other tool for them lifelong. You know, music can really be that calming piece. I know, you know, when you talk with adults, you say when you're leaving work and you're driving home in the car, do you have the radio on? Do you have it off? You know, some people like silence to calm down. Some people like a quiet music. Some people like louder music. You're helping kids kind of understand what, what it feels like with the different types of music at a very young age to try to use that and get that skill early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. You know, the other fun thing that we start exploring more with at this age is, um, you know, trying some of the harder instruments. They get mm-hmm. an opportunity to hold a violin and try to make a sound with a violin. Wow. And, or sometimes we'll do this with the low brass instruments or the woodwind instruments. So we are teaching them about embouchure. We're teaching them about holding positions and, um, it's the the expression that they have on their face when they're able to make that low brass sound, that buzzing That's hard. sound. It's yeah. hard. It is hard. It's a hard thing, yeah. But it is a great age for them to have that opportunity to explore that instrument and do something they've never done before. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Which I'm, and I'm guessing that during the pandemic, you're not doing that, but. No. Unless people just happen to have some instruments and inventory at home. So it's funny you say that because, yeah, we've had to tweak it, obviously. But this last week, um, I asked my students to find an instrument in their home that maybe mom or dad has, or maybe it's something they don't know a lot about, and bring it to our Zoom class and see if you can make a sound on it and see if you can tell us one thing that's interesting about that instrument. And so I had children who had... um, ukuleles. I had one that had a cello. I had recorders. You know, I had an auto harp, all these amazing instruments that they had at home that then they got to turn their mic on and talk to the whole class on Zoom, play a little something Mm. and um, just have that independence. Right. And really build that self-confidence and that self-esteem when they kind of got to be the teacher. Yeah. Teach us something. Well, and two, you you may have had a few creative thinkers, too, who just went to the kitchen cupboards and got a couple of pan covers and said, okay, this is my instrument, if they couldn't find a a true instrument. But we know that music can be made in so many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. We have um, part of our curriculum, because we kind of integrated arts approach, um, sometimes we make instruments, you know? And so, just like you said, so we call it like found sound. Or, you know, what can you, can you make a sound with a a pencil and a bottle or whatever it is? And, and, you know, like you said, you can make an instrument out of almost anything. So it's kind of fun when you see what happens, you know, with their little brains and thinking. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Which I know, I think that one of you were, um, we had talked about earlier doing some, um, discussion of that creative creative thinking in preschoolers. And I don't want to skip ahead because I don't want to miss out on other parts that you were talking about, but this might be a good time to, since you kind of segued into that. Yeah. Creative thinking. How do you work that through music? So there's a few ways we can do this and it all depends a lot of times on um, personality with children. Mm -hmm. Um, 
sometimes if we ask them to come, like, how can we move our rhythm sticks different? Um, some of them are very comfortable telling me. Others are a little bit more reserved. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's our job as the teacher to just say, how about you show me? Or, um, you know, I might see that they've taken that stick and they moved it very slowly to their knee. And yeah. so then I can see, oh, oh, let's tap our knees. Like, I think that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. um, so that is helping foster that creativity, even if they don't know they're even doing it. Right. And <laughs> their self-confidence. Their self-confidence because you're, you're validating that they actually did make an attempt. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 And like Jane said, making those instruments at home, you know, there's so many different ways to be creative in that aspect um, or, you know, having them come make up new lyrics to songs. Oh, oh nice. What, you know, what, how can we say this different? Let's think of a different way to, you know, talk about the dog. What else can you think of? I bet that's good for a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> true yeah. true story yes. <laughs> um so I'm just gonna go into kind of building on that and that self-confidence part uh, with this continuation of social emotional development um we are continuing to to layer up that foundation um and now we're seeing these preschoolers who are more self-confident, uh, have more self-efficacy. And it's funny because um, I've had a student in my class since they were an infant and they're just sort of graduating the preschool classes. And this student went from being exceptionally quiet, didn't want to come up to the front and try instruments, always, no, 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 to being this leader in the class mm, nice. and having a voice and having an opinion and telling us ideas. And it's so neat to see that growth because they're in this comfortable environment with this familiar music with, and even it might be different people in the classes, it's still familiar because mm -hmm. music can be brought with us, you know? Yes. So yeah. it is really nice um, because again, we, we do this integrated arts approach. You know, when we do the art projects with with a preschooler, um, we're constantly sort of telling caregivers and parents, hey, you know, just see what they can do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay to let go. Um, and just if they want to put the eyeball of the, you know, tiger on the back, that's okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Maybe well, we'll sing about today. it, you know? Yes, right. Maybe we'll <laughs> sing about it. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I always love this phrase of sort of, you know, never do for a child that which they can do for themselves. And so I'm kind of always emphasizing that because I think, again, when this comes back to that giving children time to respond yes. and bring their, their piece of it to the table, if you will, uh, we rush in so frequently and when they get to express themselves, it is just, it's magic, you know? <laughs> yeah. And to have that opportunity at such a young age to feel that sense of mastery or that sense of opportunity to show what they've learned and what they can come up with and what they can do. And then have that adult kind of taking it back to those babies when you were talking about the facial expressions and, the, you know, using the mirror and all of those engagements that adults, we as adults can help children build that sense of 
you know what, that's a great idea. I've never thought of that. You know, those kind of comments. And they just, you can see them just standing taller and putting those shoulders back and saying, oh my gosh, I came up with something that she's never thought of. And mm-hmm. it's it's a great opportunity. And, you know, really giving children, your, your programs really give kids an, a, a chance to have that comfort of the music and those familiar tones and those familiar caregivers those family, those, what did you call them? The songs of kin? Yep. <laughs> yeah, which are family songs and pieces of music, you know, just to pull that from another podcast that we did. All of those things provide kind of like a nice cozy blanket for a child to just feel that sense of calm. Um, and what a gift, especially in our world today where there's so much going on for these little people to figure out and understand that, you know, just music is that really simple tool that is universal. You know, we've heard it a thousand million, probably a million times. Music is a universal language, but it really does. It's evident in what you're sharing today. And it's it's evident in so much of what I think we've all done over the years in our work with kids and music. Anything you guys want to add? Any other good song? Any new cool sounds you can make, Carrie? (laughs) (laughs) I did. I did have. Oh, yes, that's right, Jane. You were going to do the hot dog song. I did. I did. So this goes back to that counting. And this is this is just more of a rhythm thing. So what I would I would pick some rhythm sticks for kids to do with this. Um, So imagine that they've got their rhythm sticks and we just start with a steady beat. And and you may have heard this, but it's five little hot dogs in a frying pan. The grease got hot and one went bang. And then we're now down to four little hot dogs. And so Mm -hmm. what's fun is this anticipation of, I get to go with my sticks. Really hard. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. And we're also counting and keeping the steady beat as we go along. So that's that's one of favorites in one of my classes anyway. (laughs) That's great. I love it. Well, wonderful. Well, I've so appreciated talking with both of you in our times together, and I look forward to future um, connections. I know that we're going to be working with McPhail and helping and getting some more um, tip sheets for us on just some of the things that we've covered in these podcasts, too, if folks want to use those when we have those finished to just help cement some of these um, developmental milestone pieces for families and how they can and child care providers, how they can use music in their classroom settings and their child care settings at home. Um, I just have a quick question for our listeners, too, to think about. How do you use music to connect with children in your care? I know that welcoming children with a song is something that's really common, common in early childhood, too. And those early connections, those first through the door connections in the morning, just help kids remember I'm cared for, I'm loved, I'm important. She's happy I'm here. It's a new fresh start, even for kids who have some challenges too. So um, music can really do so much. And I appreciate all that you do to help foster that in the lives of little children throughout Minnesota and beyond now, thanks to all the virtual means. So that's exciting. So with that, um, if you have any other questions, you can always go to inclusivechildcare.org. Follow us on our social media. Thank you again, Carrie Gregerson and Jane Tate from McPhail Center for Music for being with us here on Inclusion Matters. Take care. Thanks for listening. For more resources, visit us at inclusivechildcare.org.